Hi, this is Kitch Philosophy. I'm Mary. And I'm Isabel. This episode, we're talking about 10 Things I Hate About You. So, kind of an old movie. Kind of of old, but probably not the oldest one we're going to do on here. Probably not, but one that we love. Yeah, so she grew up on movies like that. So whenever I started getting to the age that she really loved those kinds of movies, uh, she started showing them to me, and I love them too. And that one just Um, really holds up That one in particular, that one holds up really well. I mean, I think she was a feminist before it was cool to be feminist. Yeah. So, I mean, well, it started being cool to be feminist in certain ways, but I just don't think it reached like mainstream the way it did then. Like it just really, I don't know, the female empowerment, the fact that she was a strong woman, yeah, young woman, um, was really great. So character names, I only remember Kat. Bianca. Bianca, yeah. Was her sister. So it was Kat and Bianca. And then... Um, Let's just start by talking about Kat. Okay. So Kat... First of all, obviously super angry. I don't like that part in terms of, you know, oh, the feminist is super angry because you can absolutely be a feminist and not be a really angry person and hate all men. So I I don't love that they tied those two things together. She had reason. She absolutely had reason. She didn't hate all men and the man she did hate the most, she had great reason to. But she was mean to most men. Not all. Even her dad. Even her dad. I mean, yeah, but her dad was a little weird. Well, he was a little overbearing. He was a little overbearing. Very overbearing, actually. But can kind of understand when you're, like, you know, delivering teen pregnancies all the time, um, how that would happen. But anyway. Oh gosh, look at them. I just looked at the cast list, and it's so crazy seeing them all grown up. Like, like who even whoa. is that? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Yeah, no idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> so Kat was great. Bianca was spoiled. Bianca was spoiled, but I did like her. I did like her. I liked her. Um, I think she was just a little naive and spoiled. And I, but I think she had a lot of growth as a character. So yeah, that's good. She had a lot of character growth throughout the movie. And like, just in general, I really liked her. I feel like they made Kat the kind of feminist that even was mad at other girls all the time, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Bianca was really nice to other girls, which I really liked. That's true. I think she was very, she was just very kind. A little naive, but very kind. And shallow. She was shallow. Incredibly for sure. shallow. She was incredibly shallow. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so let's talk about Patrick. Yeah. So... This was the beginning of, of my love for Heath Ledger, I think. Um, I can't, I think this came before A Knight's Tale. I also really liked A Knight's Tale, which you haven't Honestly, seen. Honestly, I don't like his character that much. Um, but I love Heath Ledger and I love how he portrays the character. I feel like he does a great job. And I don't like the character that much because I feel like he is just very rude. But I think he had to be. I think he just developed kind of a t- rough exterior because yeah. there were all these rumors about him. And so he was a little yeah, bit, I think, lonely. but he also very much used Cat. He definitely used Cat. And but, I don't like that. But I do think... I don't like the... the uh, Cameron used Cat, too. And they I all used Cat. They all used Cat, except... <laughs> except Bianca. Well, Bianca no, Bianca did, too. did too. It was her idea. 
Yeah, literally all the characters used cat. It was very annoying. Except her friend, her best friend, was literally the only one who didn't use but her. But even her, she was annoying. She was annoying, but she wasn't But I think I hated her. her in a different movie. Yeah, um, you hated her in Drive Me Crazy, so it was hard to like her in some things I hate about you. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, she was in a lot of the movies during that time period. Yeah. A lot look of those two how, movies. Look at how, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the only one with an older picture that still looks like fine he's yes. the only one so that aged gracefully joseph gordon levitt played cameron <laughs> and he does look exactly the same just a few more lines yeah um i really liked him he's i didn't like his so, character that much honestly he's so i don't like anyone um, used cat but i think which was everyone <laughs> i think he was so sincere in was, his in his reasoning behind it it was still terrible that he did it yeah. But his, his reasoning he behind it, I had, think, was sincere. He probably had mm, the best reasoning. But still not good. Still not good. And still. But better than the others. Although, typical boy in yeah. high school. Still, I always hate it when in the, you know, high school movie, the teen movie, that, or any movie, really, that the guy just falls in love with the girl without even ever really having a conversation with her. Yeah. It was a very shallow love. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, to be fair, I do think he liked her personality, too. He just never had an actual conversation. So what he was saying was her persona rather than her personality. Well, and he just immediately was like, whoa, who's that? And then all of a sudden, he's got to do everything he can to get in her yeah. life. And that's so and, typical of these types of movies. But I think it's a little realistic. I think the oh, average teenage realistic. boy is, I mean, you've experienced that where boys have, you know, hit on you based 100% solely on your looks. Yeah, it's it's pretty realistic. I just think it creates a not a great start for a relationship. Like yeah. he's, I don't think they stayed together after the movie. Honestly. Oh, I'm sure. Like, if you were to continue those characters, it couldn't have lasted because it wasn't yeah, I don't think any based of the on anything. Would have stayed together. I don't think Kat and Patrick would have either. They had a very rough start. Maybe Michael and Mandela. Maybe would have stayed together. Yeah, <laughs> they were maybe. quirky enough that they may have stayed together. Um, but so yeah, so let's talk about Michael. The thing I liked about Michael is that he was unapologetically the Himself. weird guy. Yeah, he was maybe the most authentic character, other than Mandela, maybe the most authentic character in there. He wasn't trying to pretend to be anyone else or anything. He was yeah, so goofy, was, and he owned it. It was it was adorable. Yeah, and I liked his humor. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know why, but I just I really liked his humor. And I liked that he like really played into Mandela's like fantasy, fantasy or obsession or obsession rather. Um, so let's talk about Joey. Joey sucks he was the worst but but at the same also time, was he worse than patrick i think he was worse than patrick because he never grew from it or never felt bad about it That's at least true. patrick eventually felt bad for what he did That's joey true. never felt bad he felt justified in all of it he was a he, his, douche all the way to the end his character was awful but very funny it was so funny it i was love funny, like you're laughing at him not laughing with him at all. You're laughing at the absurdity that someone could actually be that way. Be that vain. But they, it is. They are. Yeah. <laughs> but like the part where he's like trying to decide between the underwear ad and the swimsuit ad and he's like doing the exact same pose or and face. Or when he's like, should I wear the white shirt or the black shirt? And it's literally the same picture. But, but they're, that's they're the so only different. But they're so different because of the white shirt or the black <laughs> shirt. Yeah. He's so <laughs> self-absorbed. 
but he provide. I think he provided a lot of comic relief. I loved Mr. Morgan. Yes, he Mr. Morgan funny. was great. He had some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, I he loved was- Miss Perky too. I don't Only because I love much. Allison Janney, and I think she always has so much humor in every role she does. Um, and that one was just filled with her. It was like she could be on screen for 90 seconds, and she would make me laugh every single time she was on the screen. Same for Mr. Morgan. Yeah. The dad sucked. Yeah. No, Mr. Stratford, Dr. Stratford, whatever. He was so over the top and ridiculous. I did laugh he's when he made the them wear the pregnancy belly. That really cracked me up. He's, I but he's the epitome of overbearing dad that causes kids to act out. Oh yeah, like he's the reason. That's the reason kids would rebel. Yeah, is if they had if they have parents that are that ridiculous and over the top, then they're going to rebel. Yeah, or they're going to hit eighteen, go away to college, and, and never come back. Never come back and be absolutely wild. Yes. So there's that. Chastity was the worst. That's Bianca's best friend. Yeah. She was awful. Like at the end when she's all snooty about going out with Joey. Yeah. It was just like she wasn't a real friend. Yeah, no. But I love Gabrielle Union. Me too. So much. It sucks. I love her in everything. She had to have a role like that so early on in her career because I feel like that's what a lot of black women have to do. Yeah, they have to be the snippy, angry. You know, whatever. I, I agree. I love her so much. Um, I, I just, she's just so great. I loved her in Being Mary Jane, which I don't think you've seen, but it's, it's yeah. great. Um, Kyle Cease played Bogey Loinstein. And I just have to say, it's so funny because he had such a minor part and it was like not even a blip on my radar. And then now all of a sudden he's this motivational speaker <laughs> and comedian <laughs> And he's really funny and insightful. And I mm-hmm. saw him in these like motivational videos and I'm like, what? who is that? And I'm like, wait a minute, what did he play? And I'm like looking back and I'm like, oh my God, he played Bogey? And he's actually really funny and insightful. Yeah, Bogey. I want a movie about Bogey. Yeah, I would love to see a movie from his perspective. Because he's weird. And it would be interesting to know what is going on in his mind throughout the movie. Well, and I just... Like every time I think of Bogey, I think about some that line where he talks about Nigel bringing the brie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Like he but wanted it makes just me a laugh. small. He just wanted a small get together with his smart friends. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, he was a complete brat, but still, it was I don't know. It, it was funny. funny. I think that's good enough on characters. Yeah, let's move on to plot. Yeah, because it's Taming of the Shrew. It is based on Taming of the Shrew, which I have never read. I have only read pieces of it. Um, and only because when this movie came out, I think I was like, yeah, I was 19 when it came out. And I remember hearing that it was based on the Taming of the Shrew. So I pulled up the Taming of the Shrew and like, I think skimmed it, skimmed it just to be, you Which, know, honestly, see the similarities. I really like it because I love plays, like reading plays. Yeah. Not necessarily only Shakespeare, but a lot of a lot of what I have are to Shakespeare because I am in school, so you're forced to. Yeah. Um, I just realized I said pulled up Taming of the Shrew as if I just, you know, Googled it or something when 100% when I was 19 you did not have internet. <laughs> I mean, internet existed in 1999, but I was poor. Yeah. So I did not have internet and okay. definitely went to the library. But On anyway. To the plot. So the plot. It's very I, basic, but I think it was very 
not original for its time because it was based on Tammy the Shrew, but I don't think many other things had been. Now that plot has been used over and over again, especially in like fan fiction. That's I actually, the most thing I think of the most. I actually think I really tend to like teen movies that are adaptations of Shakespeare. Yeah, because Shakespeare was so good. He was so good, and it was hard to get into Shakespeare because of, you know, just the language, the language and whatnot. But the storytelling of Shakespeare is, really, is good. really good. And so I tend to like a lot of those movies that were based on that. Yeah. So basically it starts out with like these two girls that are just like complete opposites, but right. they're sisters and their dad like won't let one of them date until the other one dates. And so then there's this whole scheme to get mm -hmm. her to date. This the the whole setup honestly is pretty brilliant. Yeah. In terms of the way they do it. Because yeah. they choose the one guy that could actually do it, first of well, all. Well, yeah, because everyone's afraid of her. Yeah. So he's the only guy that's scary enough to even give it a shot. Yeah. And I also like the fact and I and I'm sure this goes back to, to Shakespeare's plot, but the whole man behind the scenes behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. So it's Joey Cameron's the money, Kelly. but it's really Cameron. Like Cameron's the Cameron's the puppet master, even though Joey thinks that he's pulling all the strings. Yeah. Which I really liked. Yeah. Well, but really, it's Bianca because Bianca's telling Cameron, and Cameron is telling that's Joey, true. and that's Joey's true. telling Patrick. So it's like this whole tangled web, and it all comes down to Bianca just just wanting some wanting freedom, some freedom. Yeah. Because her dad's awful. <laughs> What I what I do. Think, I mean, her dad. Let me let me be clear. Her dad isn't like abusive or anything. He's oh, just no, he's, overprotective. He's like a good he's dad. He's probably a really great dad if you think about it. He he's gives just, them whatever they want to a certain degree. He has he boundaries. Them. He loves them. Obviously, he's probably a little overprotective because number because one, they lost mom. their mom, and number two, because of the whole you know being a doctor of teen moms kind of yeah. thing, probably scares but them. He, yeah, like he's probably like a good dad other than his overbearingness. Yeah. But that that's the that's the piece that you, you see in the movie. So that's what you're going to look at. So let's talk about the fact that the way that they go about getting Patrick to ask Kat out is by sneaking and trying to find out things about her. Because it's, to me, the equivalent of someone pulling up someone's social media right now yeah. to try and figure out. They had to out, go in her room. They had to go in her room to find out what kind of music she liked, what her interests were. Now, if someone was trying to, you know, get someone to go out with them, I was going to say woo and make myself sound really old, which I guess I kind of am. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it really is what people would do today. If someone was like, oh, I really like this person. I need to learn more about them. They would just go on their social media. You would get nothing off of mine. You would get nothing off of yours. You would but get nothing. You would get off a lot off of Garrett's yes. brother. Yes. So it depends on the person. Yeah. But I think that's what a lot of it's similar to what a lot of people would do. But they didn't have social media, so therefore they had to literally like follow her around and dig in her room and spy on her a little, little bit, which so. is crazy. And I really, honestly, as much as I'm criticizing the like plot. That's what makes the movie, and I do love the movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like, fun. It's fun. It would suck if it happened, and I'm sure it has happened. That's probably that's what makes me like a little bit ew. cringy about it because it, if it, it happened, it would be awful if, if you were happened, the one. It would if it happened to anyone I knew, I would be so mad. Yeah, but and 
it stuff like that has probably happened because of the movie because people watch the movie and are and like, like oh, that oh that's actually kind of smart and so then they do something like that but i don't know for sure if that actually happens but it could the thing i, I like though is watching the two relationships develop and change right so i really really like the moments where patrick you can tell patrick is actually starting to like cat and she's so actually starting to like him like <laughs> she's really you can tell she's starting to like him some of the things he's doing is working you can tell he's actually finding her intriguing and actually kind of enjoying this it's not as much about the money and then i really like too when bianca finally starts liking cameron and he's yeah. oblivious and she's like why isn't he asking me out and he's oblivious to the fact that she actually yeah likes him. but honestly the plot would 100 percent fall through the cracks if he did ask her out because she's it's supposed to be for joey and joey's the one paying so yeah i i also really like when patrick decides he's done taking the money but then well actually i hate this part but i like that it happened <laughs> <laughs> um where and then Joey's like, but you need my money yeah. in order to take her on dates and take her to the prom. And yeah, that's so it's so sad that he had so much power over him because he didn't have the money. Oh, he is the epitome of the white privilege boy. Yeah. And taking like advantage. He's the rich white boy that can do whatever he wants because he's got money and looks. Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. I love it, though. I love it when it starts to unravel because yeah. there's the drama of that the drama of it unraveling. Yeah. So that's good. But I also, I'm so, there are so many moments where I'm like a little heartbroken for Kat because she has to get super vulnerable and she doesn't understand yeah. everything that's going on. So she's getting super vulnerable. She's getting vulnerable with him. At a certain point she gets vulnerable with her sister and meanwhile, they're all plotting using behind her. her back. They're all using her. Yeah. And Bianca's using everybody. Yeah. Bianca's literally using every single person. Every other main character in the movie, Bianca's using them in some way. Which, I mean, kind of weird. Yeah. Because she's the puppet master. She really is. She came up with the plot. She's doing everything. But, but I, it's so... It's so sad that it's like oh they finally made it to the dance and they're having such a good time and she's happy and laughing and oh wait he just ruined everything by outing the whole plan right beside her and she hears them and she and that the moment when it dawns on her everyone has been lying to me everyone has been using me nothing i thought was real is real that betrayal that you see her go through is really uh -huh. sad like i know it's like oh it's just a teen light-hearted movie but that moment to me is just really sad yeah i mean shakespeare wrote tragedies so right of course it was a tragedy <laughs> uh that one was probably less of a tragedy than yeah some for of sure the others, but it's just so 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 sad yeah but then you get to I, I feel like we should talk about some of the other moments that are really big in the movie too okay so <laughs> when they try when she is breaking him out of detention. Mm -hmm. That would probably be the first big and she flashes her coach. moment. Yeah, that's a huge moment. That's crazy. If that something like that happened today, she didn't suspend it. Oh, um, expelled. And me. if or if he didn't report it, he would end up being under investigation because yeah. something like that happened and he didn't report it. Yeah. Like either way, the whole thing is really weird. But it was weird. pretty iconic. 
And then it's funny because she blushes. And I almost wonder if she, if the actress, if Julia Stiles was blushing a little bit at having to do that. Because I feel yeah. like that's her personality that she would have, it would have been her blushing actually. Yeah. And then um, obviously the, the serenading. Yes. So first of all. Who knew Heath Ledger could sing? <laughs> I love that the best part about that whole thing is not only that he just like does this out of nowhere, but the part where they're trying to chase him and he's just like he's kicking just like, his legs up dancing while he's running. Yeah. And doesn't stop. He's like, no, I'm going to finish this. Yeah. I it just shows you the kind of that. person he is. Like he, he's, he literally doesn't care about the rules. Yeah. And I just, all. I love it so much that he did it, that. His character is very consistent. Like they paid attention to even just like the little things in his character and made him completely like a full character. Yeah. They didn't do that for many characters, but I think for him and Kat, they did a really good job of every single part of everything they do is their character. Yeah. I also think it's funny the part where Michael's little, you know, moped or whatever it is goes down the hill and then he jumps up like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, and that's everyone very cheers. Michael. That's very Michael. So I, I do think that they captured his personality there too. Then what else? When she's dancing on the table at the party. I think that's an iconic scene. Yeah, I don't remember that part too well. Oh my gosh, she gets so drunk because, oh, that's what people do at parties. Yeah, and I remember then she's dancing and hits her head. Up. Remember yeah. she's dancing, she hits her head and then he takes her out to get some air and that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and then they go love... and get on the swings, right? Yes. And they then do that he... in every movie, so I had to make sure that was the right movie. <laughs> and then he goes to take her home, and she goes to kiss him, Wait, and he won't we, kiss her. Can we just talk real quick about, yeah, that was really good, but can we just talk real quick about how in every single rom-com, there's a, there's a, scene, a scene with swings, with swings <laughs> but no park. It's <laughs> just swings, like as, in there, as if there's swings just randomly about. <laughs> Because <laughs> right. that was at Bogey's house, and there's these swings, but it's not. I don't no, remember it was on the seeing, walk home. I thought it was at his house, like in the yard, but I don't remember seeing a slide. Yeah, like but maybe was, there was. Maybe I just it was, but in it. every movie, it's literally there's just always swings, but only swings. <laughs> it's very funny. Anyway, but yes, I love that he didn't kiss her. Yeah, because she was I, drunk. He was drunk, and back then, it honestly, he could have and it, he nothing would have happened to him. Well, and it wouldn't have even probably raised any eyebrows because I think about all the movies that were around back then, and it was pretty common for guys kiss, to take the, advantage of the fact that girls were a little first, inebriated. The first kiss was always when someone was drunk. Right. Whether it was on And it was never side. like, oh, you know, it was like there was never a thought about consent. Yeah, no. And but I, the fact that did. he cared about he that, about he was it. like, mm, she's not in the right state of mind to consent to this. I really yeah, like Yeah, he probably that. wasn't even thinking about the word consent. He was just like, she might regret this. Right. Which I really like. Which, again, shows his character. Yeah. It's like the bare minimum, but, like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, compared to all the other male yeah. characters, not the bare minimum. He was definitely yeah. head and shoulders above the rest when it came to that kind of thing. Yeah. Now it would be considered, like, the bare minimum. Yeah, for sure. But any other iconic scenes you think of other than the one iconic scene that the movie is based on? Mm -mm. Okay. So then he gets to the end yes. of the movie, and she has just had her heart broken, mm -hmm. but she has to write this poem. Yeah. And so then- I literally just got chills just thinking about it. That's so silly, but I swear to you, I just got chills yeah, just thinking about her doing the poem because it's just, again, and I don't know if Julia Stiles is just- that amazing of an actress and that underrated 
or if Julia Stiles herself got emotional reading it, but just the way, like, it wasn't like, oh, let me just push out some fake tears because her whole face turned red and her voice caught, like, she was, she was in that in moment. Yeah. And it always gets me. Every time. It does. I've seen the movie. We own the movie. Yeah. I've owned it for forever. I, I've watched it ridiculous number of times. I can't even probably count how many times I've seen it. And still, every time, even just talking about it makes me feel emotional. Yeah, and I love how the poem starts out with literally just things she hates about him and it slowly gets to, no, she has feelings for him and she hates that. It's not... It, yeah, like, and it's super relatable. If you yeah. ever had a, you know, emotional so, attachment to someone, even if it's not romantic, mm -hmm. like just even someone, even maybe a family member that you love in spite of yourself. Yeah. You know, like you, yeah. you wish you didn't love them, but you do. You can't help yeah. it. So you, there's, I, 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 I'm putting on my uh, poetry analysis <laughs> from, from in school, uh, from my teacher that is now actually a, heart, a, a Harvard, Harvard teacher. <laughs> she teaches the teachers that teach at Harvard. So crazy. <laughs> the shift of the poem is, so she says the line, I hate your big dumb combat boots, but then and the way you read my mind. And yeah. that's the point where, that's it, where it starts to shift. Yeah. And it's just such a good part. And it's so iconic. Yes. It's, I mean, it's the name of the movie. The right. 10 things I hate about you. Right. But it, it is, it's such a, it's such a powerful moment because she's she, being vulnerable, even though she was just hurt. That's exactly what I was just going to say is she is the queen of being hard. Yeah. Like she is known for being tough and being hard. Everyone's afraid of her. And not letting people see who she really is. And then there she is in front of an entire classroom being the most vulnerable she could possibly be. Yeah. And it is just moving. Yeah. It's crazy. And then like, that's not even the end of the movie though. That's right. just like her breakdown. Right. But then like, she doesn't forgive him right then. Mm -mm. He still has to earn back her. Trust. As he should. Yeah. It's like really, really good. And I do like that they don't, I, I hate it when teen movies act like they're going to be for, together forever. I do like that it just ends that these people are dating mm -hmm. kind of thing. Because um, I just, it sets these like, unrealistic expectations like, like for teenagers. Like 13 going on 30 when they get married at the end. Yeah. Or move in together. They don't, aren't going to go at the end. No, but. they got, they got married at the end, remember? Oh, yeah, because she has to read this one yeah. or whatever. Anyway, that's a whole nother movie. Yeah, we, so should we should do that stop. one. Maybe we should add that to the list. <laughs> but I guess that's it. Are we done? We're done. Wait. So like and subscribe. And comment the 10 things you love about this podcast. <laughs>